Welcome back to The Chronicast, your weekly cannabis podcast where we look at everything that has to do with cannabis products and lifestyle. This week, we hear the rest of our interview with Mitch. Last week, Mitch told us how to shop for cannabis at a rec store. This week will be the pieces that didn't necessarily stay on topic. But first, headlines. Congrats to Vermont for finally legalizing the recreational sale of cannabis. They had legalized cannabis possession of up to an ounce in 2018. Prior to now, there actually was no way to legally purchase cannabis. You could just possess it. Don't book your flight in Ben and Jerry's farm tour just yet, though. Rec stores most likely won't pop open until 2022. So you'll have to settle for a homegrown bowl and a pint of chubby hubby for now. The Watch List Sleepy Hollow, Poltergeist, Silence of the Lambs, Green Room, and more Halloween favorites are currently streaming on Netflix. Fido, Cabin in the Woods, Midsummer, and the original Night of the Living Dead are all streaming on Amazon Prime. What are some of your favorite Halloween movies to watch this time of year? Be sure to listen to next week's episode, where I pair my favorite Halloween movies with some of my favorite Halloween-themed strains. Strain Review If you've been looking for a new strain, maybe try Georgia White. And if you're in the Washington area, try it from Root Down. Summer leaves us far behind in a final blaze of glory with record-setting heat and forest fires in the Pacific Northwest. I need something that will help me relax and unwind after a full day of work and stress from everything happening globally. These times call for a brand that I know will always deliver. Root Down. Root Down is a Tier 2 producer processor out of Spokane, Washington that delivers exceptional pesticide-free indoor top-shelf cannabis. Their Super Lemon Haze Cut is easily one of my favorites. I was excited to check out a new strain I've never had before, Georgia White. Georgia White is a 50-50 hybrid that crosses Georgia Pine with the white. According to Root Down, Georgia White is energetic, happy, and uplifted. Lemonade and Mersing are its dominant terpenes. When you first crack open the jar, it doesn't hit you in the face with its smell. Instead, a light sweet scent emits from the jar, lulling you to come closer. When you stick your nose in there, it basks you in its delicate, sweet aroma with a subtle funk hint. Breaking up the finely manicured nugs unleashes Georgia White's true potential. The funk slaps you like a George Clinton baseline, letting you know Georgia White is here to play. Each nug is covered in red pistols, purple splotches, and a white frosting of THC crystals all over. No sign of any leftover leaves. Each medium-sized nug holds to the quality that I expect from Root Down. Each nug sticks to my finger as I break it apart from my grinder. Always a good sign. Grinding up a nug of Georgia White for my post-work bowl, the result is fluffy and light. The first inhale results in a very lightly sweet and spicy taste. Every subsequent inhale unlocks more of the spicy, immersing taste, but the lemonine is nowhere to be found. Georgia White isn't going to be a strain you rave about for its flavor, but you won't be worried about the lack of taste for too long. Georgia White's effects hit within my first half snapper. A wave of relief slowly flows over me. I sit at a desk all day, hunched over my keyboard, and I feel myself opening up again after my first hit. I can feel the tension in my lower back from sitting all day ease up, making that first big after work stretch even better. The body effects aren't too intense, but I wouldn't suggest training for a marathon with it. Georgia White is much more suited for after a workout or unwinding after a full day of work. If you need a yoga partner, Georgia White is your warrior pose unlocked. 
Georgia White from Root Down may lack in the taste department, but the effects of the strain, the show's real star, are top-notch. What starts as a slow and relaxed head high gives way to pure unbridled joy and energy. I may not be running a marathon, but my mind is going a million miles a minute, and my mouth isn't far behind. This strain is perfect for decompressing with your significant other, cleaning the house, or wiping the floors with your opponent online. Georgia White's effects are predominantly good, but there are a few caveats. I found myself to be a bit of a space case for a good majority of the time, so I wouldn't recommend this to someone needing to study. You're going to forget what you were doing midway through your notes. The munchies hit hard with this string, so if you're looking to keep the pounds off, this isn't going to make saying no to a whole bag of peanut butter pretzels any easier. Overall, I would give Georgia White from Root Down an easy 8.5 out of 10. My only complaints come from a lack of taste and the buds being on the drier side. Neither one even comes close to making me forget how much I enjoyed Georgia White though. If you're someone looking for a strain to help ease those PNW blues that come during fall and winter, Georgia White will help you forget the sun isn't coming around for a while. Please enjoy Mitch and I's discussion on cold start dabbing, where we see the future of cannabis, and more. How do you like to dab? Explain uh, that. Uh, so cold starts is the way to go. So I'm a low and slow kind of person. Um, so I actually put the dab in the nail before heating it up um, and then use a torch to uh, raise the temperature of the nail and that oil to just the boiling point. So, um, you know, you're, you're not ever going to scorch a dab going that way. Um, and you get the best flavor out of it, which is really, I'm a flavor chaser. Um, you'll always get high eventually. Like if I need to take another dab to get to that level that I'm looking for, I'm okay with that. Um, but I want to enjoy the entire experience. And I think that um, that flavor profile is really important. I would agree. I think uh, the thing that I don't like necessarily about flower, I'm a flower person personally. And the thing that I don't really like about flower though is with concentrates, you taste it. Like you can find some really, really tasty stuff. Whereas with flour, I feel it's like, unless there's some sort of gobstopper smacking you in the face, it's usually like, this is burnt grass. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, um, that's actually kind of funny. So people will smoke some weed and they're like, oh, that fucking tastes like blueberry muffins. And it's like, okay, I understand what you're trying to say. You're saying within the context of the flavor of weed, it tastes like blueberry muffins. Mm -hmm. There's there's no strain out there that actually tastes like a fresh baked blueberry muffin. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe one in a million. Um, but with concentrates, it removes that plant material that really, you know, can mask that flavor. So you get the full terpene flavor profile um, of that cannabis. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I always like to reward uh, good packaging. I think that's mostly because I'm a marketing person, but it's like every, I, like I remember I picked up Canisol. I saved up so I could buy a jar of Canisol in the little glass jar that they used to have. I don't know if they still use that or not. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I still have that glass jar too. And I put like uh, my salt for when I'm uh, grilling or whatever in it. Oh, it's, heck yeah. It's just such a cool little package. Definitely. And you know, it, it, it's not always the case, but when somebody is willing to accompany a really good product inside the jar with a really nice outside it just kind of indicates that uh, there's just more care that went into that product from start to finish yeah um, you know sometimes people use really good packaging to hide you know an uh, inferior product but i would say that's becoming more and more rare i think a lot of yeah. that has been hashed out in the five years that we've been legal so 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of those things that used to be like a, a mark of like, you could kind of tell like who had money or whatever. Like, oh, you came and launched with like this gorgeous packaging, but you smoked it. It's not necessarily that great. Yeah. Those brands aren't really sticking around. You can easily weed those people out. Definitely. Yeah. And um, especially the consumer base has become so much more discerning. So, uh, you know, they're willing to try something new once, but if they don't have a good experience, they're not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I love about... Uh, uh, some of the brands that we have is like, I know that I can go in and I can pick up Root Down. It will always be a classic hitter. Oh, or okay. I can pick up GLW. Always going to be good. Yeah. the uh, I, I guess kind of adding to talking about what to look for uh, in a brand is consistency. And mm -hmm. I think both of those brands uh, that you just talked about are extremely consistent. Um, Root Down, every time I want Spiritual Punk, I know exactly what my experience is going to be. There's never a surprise. It never is like harsh or dry or, you know, different than the last time I smoked it. Um, I think Western Cultured is another one that's yeah. on par with that. Uh, their Puget Sound Lopez is something I've been smoking for the last six months, and I do not do that, uh, with, especially with how many options we have. Mm -hmm. I like to try new things all the time, but I'm hooked on that. Uh, love consistent experiences. Yeah. I, that's one of the things that I think is so important to for a farm to do is that like sometimes you'll purchase an eighth and you're like oh my god this is so good and then they'll you, you'll wait the 10 weeks or whatever for the next crop and you're like fuck this isn't at all what I remember no not but, at all <laughs> but when you can find those brands that are just always going to give you that coca-cola experience every time you pick up that eighth or that can of coke you know what it's gonna be like yeah that's the hardest thing to do in this industry too because we are a craft industry like we're yeah we're all small batch um craft people in this industry and for somebody five years into this to have figured out how to give you a consistent experience every time you come back for it that's really impressive Especially because it's a plant. It's not about, like with Coke, you know what I mean? It's like you put in a pound of sugar, you put in whatever chemicals they put in, you get Coke. With uh, with cannabis, you put in a seed or a clone, that's not necessarily the seed or the clone that you're going to get the same thing. Yeah, 100%. And it, it, it's all about environment. Like it, a number of things could go wrong. If a fan stopped blowing, mm -hmm. it, it could affect your harvest. Like there's all kinds of things that could go wrong. So yeah, the people that have developed this uh, consistent experience for their customer base, they're really masters of the craft. It's a good point. I, I want to see more information about like what actually gets you high. Cause I've also read that uh, they're not even sure if it's terpenes that technically are doing it. And so it's just like, what, what is getting me <laughs> yeah, high? Definitely. Uh, yeah, I would say that um, just like we used to talk about sativa, hybrid, and indicas, though yeah. that was everything, um, we're talking about terpenes that way now, and I imagine that that will change. Um, it, you know, th the information we have, a lot of it is uh, stories, basically. You know, like, yeah. there's not a ton of good research, and there's certainly no like clinical studies on what's actually happening. Um, so, you know, this industry has evolved a lot in five years, and I imagine it will continue to evolve quite a bit in the future. I think that's the thing that's so exciting is that we're in such a new, like, industry. It's not a new industry. This is, you know, people have been growing cannabis for thousands of years. This has been used for a long time. And then within the last, you know, what, 60 years, all of a sudden it became this taboo thing. Yeah. But, like, now we're back into starting it up and it's just like, where is this going to go? Because there's a lot of smart people out there. And I really hope they're into getting high. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that... that it's 
I think a big part of uh, you know cannabis evolving over the next decade or so is going to be the consumer market, the actual like smoking, uh, you know, consumption of the product. But um, cannabis is such a wonderful plant because there's so many things you can do with it. Um, you know, there's like 20,000 consumer products that you can make just out of the bioplastics that you can uh, make out of hemp and cannabis. So, wow. uh, you know, it's a we're on the precipice of something gigantic. Yeah, I think. I want to see like a, a jobs program come out of this because like whenever I think of like, you know, a decent paying job, I'm just like, well, I mean, you can go and start for $15 an hour trimming weed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we're going to have to do something like if uh, there's a descheduling bill on the uh, market right now. And uh, if that happens, the United States government is essentially saying, admitting that, yeah, we made a mistake. And so all of these people that are in prison right now for non-violent, small level drug offenses are going to have to get let go and they're going to need jobs. So yeah. uh, I imagine that's going to be uh, usually where they go. Like mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> it's awesome to think about. I remember and I wish that I still like got super fucked up over like smoking a pre-roll. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like uh, when I first started smoking, it was like like half a pre-roll or whatever. I'm just like, oh my God, yeah, what is it. happening <laughs> right now? Oh, those were the days. Oh man. Yeah. You don't have to smoke a whole eighth in one sitting just to uh-huh. feel something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that I, uh, I've also kind of like cut back a little bit due to COVID and everything and I've I've been using my volcano and then uh, I just did a review of Georgia White from Root Down actually. Oh, nice. And it's just like smoking flour versus using a volcano is so different. Like that volcano uh, high is just such like a light, decent high. You can function perfectly with it. And then when I'm smoking the Georgia White, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. This is what getting high is like again. <laughs> Uh, almost makes your eyes go cross. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't. I forgot. This is what this is like. Yeah. It's like, oh fuck! I forgot. You have to like. Wait, what was I even thinking? <laughs> yeah. I think I need a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Georgia White made me so hungry. Oh, it, definitely. Oh man. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's a linalool dominant terpene profile. Yeah, that'll make you eat the whole fridge. <laughs> oh man. One of my favorites. I don't know. People don't like that name. Don't they don't it, like it. They don't like it. it. It's it's strange. It just doesn't have the pop or, you know, whatever attracts people to names of strains, but it's one of their best. I love that. Yeah, I've never, I had never tried it before, but their Super Lemon Haze, easily one of my favorite ones. So I'm like, this will be good. That's a, I'm going to have to go and pick up my own. Definitely. I think, uh, I think it's so interesting when people are like, ah, that's, that's not a cool name. Let's change it to Wedding Cake Cookies. And it's like, no, why? Why? Call it what it is so I can at least like look it up and see why I might like this. Yeah, exactly. That's what I like about when a, a brand just takes, you know, part of the string and then the other part of the string. Georgia Pine meets the white. Georgia White. Yeah, exactly. Now you can go and research what is Georgia Pine like and you can research what is the white like and you can kind of figure out what it'll be. Whereas when people just <laughs> name shit, it's like, well, I, I hope this is good. Purple Cadillac. No idea. <laughs> yeah. I hope that people stop naming their strings cat piss. Yeah. That's just really unattractive. No, or dog shit or yeah. any of those. Yeah. Like, I, even if I know it's a good strain, I still don't want that. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's okay. like 
pimp slap perps. It's a, a funny one, but it also with the domestic violence like yeah. connotation, it's hard to it's hard to justify trying to sell that to your soccer moms and shit. Like, yeah, why not just call it purple slap or something like that? Exactly. It's the perp slapping you. Yeah. <laughs> purple punch. It's a perfect example yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What are some of your favorite like uh, CBD strains or brands that we carry? Oh man. Uh, all things CBD go Raven. All things CBD go Raven. Uh, their Cosmic Charlie yeah. is an absolute standout to me. Um, their Gilda and Frida are fantastic. Um, uh, let's see who else. Uh, I do like LeafWorks's uh, Suzy Q. It's a twenty to one, so it's super super low on the THC, very high CBD. Uh, that's a really nice functional one. Um, man, I'm trying to think of some other one to ones that I've had. Um, no, actually, uh, one of my favorite things I've tried recently is this new um, Pure Form Isolate. Uh, it's a dabable crystalline CBD that's very terpene rich, and it is phenomenal. It'll make you float. Uh, they have a Charlotte's Web that is to die for. Nice. What would be some things that we can educate ourselves with to ensure that we're, we get what we're looking for? Like, I think uh, the honorage effect is something that people really need to look up. Yeah, um... That's super important. That's kind of the um, level two way of looking at cannabis. Um, most people, uh, even if they can't pronounce it right, know what sativa, hybrid, and indica means uh, at this point in the industry. Um, the next step is the entourage effect, which is the interaction between uh, the terpenes found in cannabis and the cannabinoids. Um, and without going like off into the deep end too much there, um, they have a really important... Um, modulating effect on THC. So uh, THC is THC. It's going to behave the same way regardless of uh, what the percentage is. It's going to bind to your CB1 receptors and cause the downstream effect that happens um, when that binding occurs. Um, but terpenes also interact at those receptors and they can actually change the pathway that those signals take. Um, and that's, at least in our current understanding, that's what gives all of these different strains such unique effects. Um, so really, when uh, the important thing to know about the entourage effect is that um, there is more to cannabis than just THC, and you should be asking about the terpenes and whatever products that you're smoking. Yeah. On top of the entourage effect, I would also, if you can have THC, I would always recommend getting a one-to-one -one or a two-to-one or something like that uh, when you get a CBD product. It's just so much better. Um, it does get you a little bit high, but I it I always think of it. It's like if Marshawn Lynch was running behind Walter Jones. If you're a Seahawk fan, you know, like that's the ultimate combo right there. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I think um, one thing we can say for sure is that um, individual elements of can cannabis are not greater than the like sum total. Um, it's a really really complex chemical um, like collection. Um, the plant itself is. Uh, and um, that, that's there for a reason. Like, they're all synergistic. They work together, um, you know. And we talk about THC and CBD a lot, but there's other cannabinoids found in that uh, chemovar that are also huge. So, like, uh, CBN is probably the next big thing, I would say, that's kind of on the horizon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, especially in this uh, society, the United States, uh, you know, kind of asleep. Um, and I think CBN is probably one of the coolest uh, things I've seen cannabis uh, because it will knock you out. Um, it is, yeah, there's just no way. You can't fight through a CBN high. You're going to go to sleep. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're going to we're gonna learn 
more and more um, as these markets get bigger and as there's more money that comes into it and uh, you know fields of research open up um, but yeah if you're if you're just concerned when you go into a store you're just concerned about uh, the cannabinoids um, or you're only concerned about flavor you're kind of missing the whole picture I think I yeah I think it's it's so exciting to be a part of now. Uh, you just, especially with like seeing a little bit of like, uh, these bigger companies coming in and like, you can kind of see what, where the industry will end up. We're going to have such a good, like, uh, craft beer scene. It's going to be craft weed. You know what I mean? And like, there's always going to people be people that want to buy uh, Coors Light or Budweiser, but there's also always going to be people that are picking up no lie. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think, uh, I think the master growers, the, the, the craft people that are in this industry do have a distinct advantage over um, some of these other um, industries that have gone large scale and they've kind of got brushed under the rug because you are dealing with a living organism and it isn't as simple as just following a recipe. I don't think that um, we can leave them behind. I think that they'll be brought on in the, the new world of cannabis, um, you know, when big companies come in and they're taking that over. Um, I think they would be foolish to try and, you know, buy these people out and then get rid of the people that built the brands. I think that they'll be the figureheads of these large organizations, you know? Yeah. I think that'll be an interesting one to find out is, uh, yeah, we're going to buy uh, the brand and just get rid of everyone. Yeah, that I don't think that's really possible. Um, you know, to some extent, sure. Um, uh, if the big company and the big money really wants to acquire the brand and what they produce, they're going to have to keep them on. Like, uh, you know, and that doesn't mean that those people can't eventually, uh, you know, teach their whole team of growers their trade, but um, it's going to be a much slower process. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I, I've really loved about Cinder is that we get to go to so many different farms and see so many different things and like seeing, um, the way that like, uh, Northwest Canvas Solutions grows where there is no master grower, there is no head grower. They teach everyone how to grow and it's like a, not a factory, but you know, it's that giant like pod system and they have everything down on their Excel spreadsheet and everything. And then you go to like a smaller craft one and the, the guy's like, yeah, I mean, like my grandma taught me how to do this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've been growing since I was four years old. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, and uh, I think one of the, the guy that gave us the tour at Northwest Cannabis Solutions, he was a motorcycle mechanic before he got into uh, cannabis cultivation. Um, yeah, they, they're, they're a unique large corporation. I, it's surprising to see how they do things. I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. I, yeah, it's so interesting to see that pod system that they have. Yeah. Uh, well, and man, if you want to talk about acquiring some technology that you could carbon copy that and put it wherever le- uh, weed is legal to grow. Like, yeah. It's, it's a really impressive system. Yeah. I, I did you could just sell those like giant factories or whatever yeah. as pre-set up and that's everything was needed right there. You could grow, you could dry, everything was within those that factory area yeah it's it's the the closest thing i've seen to like legitimate industrial production of cannabis uh, in washington at least yeah um something that i also think is really important uh is people don't seem to understand that like even if a farm is a farm it needs to be clean. Yeah, no, um, with cannabis, especially indoor, um, we're removing a lot of the, um, 
quote unquote uh, immune system for that plant. Um, when we really focus on uh, you know sterilizing an environment, um, it allows or the potential for bugs to come in. So if you're going to have a clean room, you have to keep it clean. And um, the most successful growers out there for indoor are clean freaks. Mm-hmm. Everything is spotless. It's really impressive. Uh, amazing. Yeah. I, I want to see uh, one of those like giant like because like in California, they had all those tulip farmers and they just converted their tulip farms into cannabis farms. And it's just these mile long glass houses. And it's like, I've seen, you know, like the smaller glass houses like at From the Soil. I want to see one that's, you know, on that scale of several football fields long. You need an electronic scooter just to get around. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's going to be amazing. Uh, I cannot wait. Things to look forward to. Definitely. I could I could think about that all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you so much, man. You have yourself a great day. Will do. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Chronicast. Be sure to listen to next week where I pair Halloween movies and strings and give some tips on how to enjoy edibles safely this Halloween. Until next time, have a great day and stay safe. Now for the required disclaimer. This product has intoxicating effects and may be habitable. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence of this drug. There may be helpers associated with consumption of this product. For use only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the